0: All Century 21 real estate offices are independently owned and operated. This is the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ready Real Estate. Good morning. I'm Jackie Ready, <laughs>
1: broker, and with Pat Devaney, my husband,
0: fellow realtor. Good morning, Jackie. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> my friend
1: Billy laughs at this all the time. Yeah, yeah. and your sister. Yeah, my sister, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they
0: get a kick out of it. Like we haven't seen each yeah. other before this very moment. <laughs> I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for asking. For the second week in a row, we have with us Mark Cooper, chef extraordinaire. That's my title, but you're really the executive chef at Cooper's Seafood House.
2: Hello. Hello. Good morning.
0: Thanks for coming back. Thank you. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m., Sunday at 11.30 a.m. where we talk real estate. We have a full-time experienced real estate office with many... Relentless realtors guiding, assisting, and advising clients in real estate matters for
1: 50 years. Wow, 50 years. That's a long time. Yeah, during the week, feel free to email us with any questions you have at questions at jready.com. That's questions at jruddy.com. Or you can give us a call at 570 344 6724. And when you go to jready.com, Click on the webcam tab just to see what's going on at Dumbwall Corners. We have all, of, in the wintertime, it, it's, we get hits. And I have a map I can look and see, and we get hits from all over the world on that camera. It's oh, really cool. All over the world. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, some of the things that you see on that camera at certain times, you know, we've seen people getting dressed in the bank parking lot, undressed, dressed. Yes,
1: it was a guy sitting in front of the camera. Got out of the car. And he was changing his clothes. I was like, We've oh, seen that's cars it. go
0: right, ricochet right into the
1: Fidelity Bank, right into the, the front, front door, door. Right.
0: Yes, at three o'clock. Other oh, various in the accidents. Yes. So it could be interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Check us out on social media, and when you're at jready.com, mobile friendly. J R U D D Y. dot com. You can go to the radio tab and check out all the popular podcast apps that we offer our radio show on. And when you go there, follow, subscribe. And if you like us, give us a rating, please. I get a great idea every time I look at our stats, what people want to listen to. You know, so they want to
1: listen to the original real estate roundtable, the original, not a cheap, not imitator. a knockoff, <laughs> right? Right. There right. are
0: people that try.
1: that's right. But they are not even close. They Go could ahead. Be I'm t- sorry.
0: They could be 10 right? <sighs> yes, but no, yes. they. This is the one and only. I'm not going to say original. The one and only <laughs> Amen. real estate roundtable. Okay, Mark Cooper, executive chef, Cooper's Seafood House. Today, we'd like to continue our discussion. We're spending a lot of time in our kitchens. We've been spending a lot, even. Pre-pandemic days, a lot of us spent most of our time, at least we did at our household, spent a lot of time in the kitchen, and uh, we want to cook a little bit more, not go out as much, Mm -hmm. be a little healthier. And the things that I've been reading about uh, people and the pandemic, a lot of people are staying home, and they are choosing to remodel their kitchen. And you don't need a state of the art kitchen to do what we're talking about, but What's happening in the kitchen? Or these updates are occurring? Uh, people are still choosing white. That's the most popular cabinet, uh, followed by wood, then by gray. Colors, though, bold colors are trending, and the one color that's trending the most. Would you want to take a stab in the dark at this, Pat? What
1: color is it? Oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to guess. Blue. <laughs> My wife wanted to put blue in
2: our kitchen. Aren't you? New- our
1: kitchen. It's not blue. It's uh, green. I was going to say green. green. Yeah.
2: My favorite color.
0: Yeah, green. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's wearing green. <laughs> yes, yeah. That.
0: How about that? So, yeah, but you got
1: to be careful with changing abso- colors.
0: I was yeah. going to say that because it gets old really fast.
1: Because you, you walk into certain houses and you go, ooh, look, a 90s kitchen. <laughs> well,
2: I, I had a, an, an avocado refrigerator that was from the 70s. <laughs> Harvest gold, mm-hmm. peacock
0: blue. Mm-hmm. So, But, you know, people want more storage. They want bins for recycling items. Mm-hmm. And they want bigger islands. Uh, they, you know, the islands is, is going to stay, mm-hmm. but they want it bigger. And what's also happening in kitchens is they're separating. It's a part of the kitchen, but they're putting a separate place for like coffee bars or regular bars mm-hmm. <laughs> with liquor. And they, it's off to the side, and, but, it's, but it's there, and it's just a separate place. And that's a neat concept, too.
1: Well, what we did in our kitchen is we actually, we have a big kitchen. We have a lot of space. We have a big island. And we actually have a dining room table in the kitchen, you know, because everybody sits around. My son does his home. He Absolutely. was doing his homework there. Jackie's got her laptop. I'll have my laptop. There's a TV there. There's a window and the triangle, you know, the stove, the mm-hmm. sink, and the refrigerator. We have, it's all right there. So, but a lot of these older kitchens in a lot of these houses in this, in this area, they're too small. Oh, way too small. So,
0: but all you really need to do what we're talking about is a stove, is a stove right? <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some of the white fish that are out there. And, you know, haddock has always been popular and orange Ruffy.
2: Haddock, cod, orange roughy. Uh, there are a few other ones. Uh, pollock is another one. Uh, they're all low-fat uh, any of those white fish usually have low fat uh, pollock has a little bit more than the others uh, which is why it's not uh, actually doesn't hold up as long it, it goes stale a little quicker because okay. that's a little bit more oil uh any of those are good great fish uh it's what most people like because it has very very mild flavor it right cooks very quickly it's pretty easy to tell when it's done It goes from being opaque to clear white uh I would say to most people, and it'll take on whatever you want to do with it. One of our favorite things to do with the, any of those things is to take a piece of the cod or, or haddock or ruffie or any one of those white fish, you bake it or fry it or whatever you want to do with it, cook it, and then top it with a, uh, we a. We had a couple different cheeses together, grate them up, add some dill weed to it, and then put it on top and melt it, and it's it's a, a cheesy dill topping. Not as healthy as uh, <laughs> as just having the fish, but it's absolutely fantastic. It's a great dish. Uh, the whitefish again. I'm talking about soaked seafoods. Uh, there are at times I- I've seen some of the uh, the uh, haddock and cod that comes in, and it looks, it kind of looks like it has a film on it, like a little sticky film. It- it's usually stuff that's been soaked. Uh, they buy this stuff up in Canada. It's a certain way they prepare it, and they sell it in these bags, and it's got a lot of sodium tripolyphosphate in it. They soak the stuff in to keep it fresh or keep it from spoiling, and then they'll bring it down, and they'll market it. But it's, it's the fish that does, it's not going to smell real good. So like I said, I said before, that thing in the middle of your face called your nose is a great indicator of things that are good and bad. If that fish doesn't smell right, I'm not going to eat it. Uh, and nor should you, you know, that it doesn't smell fish. Fishy is just another term for something smelling bad because fish shouldn't smell fishy, it should smell like the ocean, it should smell fresh, but not bad, you know. So, that's we, we kind of use that term uh, to denote you know, bad something bad be, being fishy, but this fish shouldn't smell bad.
1: Every time I get a plate of seafood, <clears throat> the first thing I do is I pick it up and I give it a sniff. We went mm-hmm. to a place about a year or two ago and we got a a white clam sauce, and I picked it up and I smelled it. And I went, Whoa! Oh. And I sent it back. I, you, you know, where we were, and uh, I sent it back. And the girl was like, You know, she all apologized. And I said to myself, I says, You know, the guy in the kitchen should have picked this up because it smells like a sneaker or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's I've had that experience. I was Long Beach Island going deep sea fishing one time. I ate at a restaurant and I had a piece of wheat fish. And I should have known, but in those days, I think I'd had a couple of Manhattans beforehand, ah. and uh, I ate it anyway. And I wound up. In the in the head on the on the on the boat the whole trip, <laughs> it wasn't for being sick seasick because I was never seasick.
0: <laughs> oh man! I yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, got, it, got it. I always do that. I always sniff the food. Yeah.
2: What about tilapia? Tilapia, uh, f- not my favorite choice. Uh, it's Unfortunately, popular. it's, it's actually it it's so a great p- fish. It's okay. a super. It's probably one of the well, most farm raised fish it. in the entire world. It's farm raised everywhere. You can get it in South America. It, it, it's in a lot of the rivers and lakes down there. Uh, But although most of it is coming out of China, most of it's farm-raised in China. And as I said before, I just don't trust stuff coming out of China. Me neither. They don't have, there really isn't any any good regulations on them. Uh, They don't have any standards. Uh, That could be loaded up with, you have no idea what's in there. So I I just, I wouldn't trust it myself. There are producers, there are local uh, farms. There was one down in Emmaus. I'm not sure if they're still in business where you can buy fresh tilapia. You can buy fresh tilapia out of South America, and that's all good. That's all good. That's because it's raised in the wild. Does you know? Cooper serve it? We actually don't have it, man. We we have had it at times. We were getting it from Blue Mountain at the time, which is down in Emmaus. like I said. And it's it's a great fish, but there's a farming technique they use because they are uh, they, they'll eat pretty much anything.
1: Right, uh, that's so, what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. that's why you and don't. want
2: to. Yeah, it's it, that's sort of like the hogs. You know, hogs get a lot of the the uh, Stuff yeah. that no one else wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is what it is. But I, I really do, I, there's better choices.
1: Okay, now you to, okay, uh, go let ahead. Me ask you something. Fish, right? Yes. Now, say I go to the store, how do I know where the fish is from? Is it is it is it's on the label, right? Isn't it supposed to be on the label well, product of yeah, chili sh- yes, or a product yes, of yes, yeah.
2: It should say that. It now, should say it. It should say it, yes. Uh, actually a lot of stuff is coming out of Vietnam. Uh I've seen that. Yeah, and that's not bad. That's not bad. They have they've they've put some pretty good stuff out there. They they sell a few things come out of Vietnam. Uh, there's crab meat, a lot of crab meat that comes out of Southeast Asia, uh, and it's actually blue crabs. Like we get down in, down in the Chesapeake, well, the reason they got there is because during World War II, when they had the Liberty ships and all, what <laughs> they were built down in the Chesapeake area. And what they use for ballast, of course, is water. They fill up the the bases of the hole, the base of the hole, with water. And that water from from the Chesapeake would have crab larvae and crabs in there. When they uh, Instead of bringing them back home, they scuttled most of them off the, uh, the coast of Vietnam and Philippines, wherever in that area. And those little crabs found it much to their liking, so... They did some DNA testing on it because all of a sudden we're getting all all this crab meat, this beautiful crab meat that's coming out of Vietnam. And they tested it with – they did DNA testing on it. And it's crabs from the Chesapeake. That's the (laughs) DNA.
1: When we were kids, we would go down to the pier at Coney Island with a a net – and the crab trap, and we throw it in, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and we go crabbing for the blue, the blue claws. Oh yeah! And we had no use. You'd love this. We had no use for them, so we'd get on the subway and bring them back,
2: and we used to oh, just put them on God. the seats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're very crabs. aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very yeah. aggressive! Yeah. Little crabs going around. It was that's, <laughs> what, that's to, <laughs> what you do when you're 13 years old. Oh, when I was a kid, we used to go down to Brielle with my, with my <laughs> Italian relatives, Italian relatives from New Jersey. We would go crabbing. We'd have the traps, and oh, it's always great. But we would bring them back home and have a big no. Space. We let
1: them go in the subways. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about crabs. That's interesting.
2: And what about lobster? Lobster, uh, lobster! Right now, the price is going right through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in great demand and it's in low supply,
0: like houses,
2: <laughs> like houses. Yeah, yes, like, like the houses. real estate it's market, like the real estate market. Yes. yeah. Lobster meat has jumped, like, it's, it's taken, like, five jumps in the past six months. Wow. At least. Uh, what was once, like, $8 a pound is now $40 a pound.
1: Wow. And uh, there's all different kinds of lobster, right?
2: Oh, good Lord, yes. There, there's When we think of lobster, Maine. generally think of a Maine lobster, which that is the North American be. lobster. Uh, that is pretty much the same lobster that's on the other side of the Atlantic over in France and all that. Pretty much the same lobster. That particular lobster is the North American lobster. The lobster tails that you find, like the Brazilians and South American tails, those are rock lobsters. That's a different lobster. It's more like a big crayfish. Uh, Doesn't really have claws. The big claws and all that. Most of the meat's in the tail. A New England lobster, a Maine lobster, has less meat in the tail. A lot more meat in the body. Different taste entirely. Uh, I prefer the Maine lobsters. I like the taste of that New England. But then there's the cold water lobster tails, which are like South Africans, Australian, New Zealand tails. Uh, they, You would think that Africa, right, hot, and you're thinking, why is there a cold water tail coming out of Africa? Because the water off the tip of Africa is basically Antarctic water. You go down below that, it's super cold water. So those tails of the rock lobsters are the best tasting of them. Uh, they have a different flavor to them, but as the world became more affluent, of course, the Places that we're, we're harvesting these things from, they want to eat them too. So there's less supply and more demand.
0: Okay. So we won't be eating
1: lobster.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> lobster. It's, still, yeah. it's still great. We, Patrick still, loves it, of course. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course, yeah. Well, And they bid on them, but they bid on, 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 on futures. Like Br- Brazilian lobster tails are considered the best of the warm water tails. They bid on those on the futures, just like do like like uh, hog bellies, uh, pork bellies and stuff on the commodities market. It bid on on the production for the year. And what's what's going to happen and when it comes up? They come in all at one time. All right.
1: So yes. we were talking. Did we talk about different pots and pans in the kitchen? Did we talk about that yet?
2: Not yet. Not yet. Not, Let's talk about that. Listen, well, you don't really do need anything really fancy. My favorite things. If I had three pans, I, I would have a Dutch oven. What is a Dutch oven? Dutch oven? Yeah, thick, thick, uh, uh, walled pot, heavy bottom with a top. It'll seal it in. So you basically, you can bake on top of the stove in a Dutch oven. You're putting the fire on low. You put a pile of stuff in there, cover it up and leave it simmer. And that, that it's a thick bottom. It's not going to burn. It's a
1: metal pot. It could be metal. Could be metal.
2: I like, I like cast iron. I love cast, cast iron. iron, but, uh, aluminum is good. They have stainless steel, uh, Usually the cast iron pots, pans are, are not good for acid-based uh, foods if you're making spaghetti sauce or something like that. Right. You can still use it because in reality you're going to pick up some, uh, some iron in there. It's actually good for the, for the body.
1: Uh, <laughs> but you were talking about the Dutch oven. What are do you doing in the Dutch oven?
2: Dutch oven? Uh, if I wanted to make anything where I'm going to make a casserole or I'm going to sear some fish and then maybe uh, do a sauce around it, I'd sear it in there and then put the stuff on top and cover it. Okay. Uh, you can also bake bread in Dutch oven you can do anything on a campfire you can do that
1: okay. so we should experiment in the kitchen that's what absolutely
2: yeah i pan saute pans like i liked. I, I love well teflon pans are okay but they scratch easy and i'm not really a big fan of using teflon uh we wind up with teflon in, in us everywhere i like to use these new ceramic coated pans with the copper or ceramic it's a copper ceramic coated pans you, you'll see them all they're in bosco's and yeah yeah you can yeah. find them anywhere uh I find that they 're non stick and they really they don 't get hurt you can you can actually scrub them off and all but uh, the main thing to do with these things too is to make sure your pan is hot before you do anything with it. Uh, you put anything on a coal pan it 's going to stick or it 's not going to sear the food it 's going to get greasy you, you need to make sure it 's hot before you put anything into it. Uh, those are my favorite like i said really don 't need anything fancy uh, a cast iron pan for searing for frying that that 's my favorite that 's absolutely my favorite. I have a f- collection of uh Cast iron pans. Old. <laughs> old when Wagner's. I was cooking
1: up at St. Mary's, I had these big cast iron pans, and I'd be doing the hamburgers up there. I'd have three or four of them going. Oh yeah, that's, oh, I, yeah. I do
2: it every day. It's usually uh, when we're like when we're doing catfish, we're blackening catfish. Uh, big cast iron pans on the stove, we heat them up until they're like they're white on the bottom, and then you, you proceed from there. You need a good exhaust. You're a fan of cast yeah, iron. I you lo- put it on the grill. I you
0: put it on the grill. And so I can get yeah. it really
1: hot and it doesn't smoke up the house. I do it outside.
2: Right, absolutely. Which is what I do at home. When
0: you blacken stuff, you use
1: I, it. I, I use the yeah. cast iron and I put it on the gas grill outside, I turn it up, and I don't care how much smoke it makes because it's, right, not, it's, it's outside. It's not coming in the house.
2: And you know the the, the whole idea of blackening was you what you're trying to recreate is cooking over an outdoor fire. So you're you're a Cajun guy. You're down in Louisiana and you got some fish or something, and you're out you're going to have a cast iron pan. Just everybody's got cast iron pans. On the fire, it's red hot, white hot. Uh, they take the stuff, they coat it with spices. Of course, they're famous for Cajun spice, Paul Perdomes, Cajun magic, or whatever. Coat it with the spice. Actually, what we do is we coat it with butter first. Dip it in butter. Coat it with the spice on top of that. And then that white hot cast iron pan, no oil in it. You put it right on top of the white hot. What happens is it sears, that, sears the flesh. It burns... Some of the seasoning, so it gives it a different flavor, smoky, turn it back over, it sears the other side in, so now you've, you've locked in all the juices from that piece of fish or meat or whatever you're doing, and then what you do is turn the heat down. Put a pad of butter on top of it, and let it simmer. It's just sit there for a minute, and it cooks really quick, especially fish. Take it off on the pan, you're done. Uh but you you gotta, make this sound How come so easy. Every time easy? I want to, you, I get hungry. I yeah. know, I know. <laughs> but that's that. What you're doing, you're, you're recreating cooking on an outdoor fire. That's what you're supposed to. That's what you're doing, and you want to sear it in. I've seen people blackening things, and they they do it. Uh, uh, it drives me crazy. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll put blackening seasoning on it. They they throw it on a char or something. That's not really blackening. That's adding Cajun spice to something, but it's not blackening. Is a specific way to cook. It's searing. It's really hot searing things off. And you're using that butter first and then the seasoning so you don't actually burn the meat. You're, you're just searing it. Searing
0: it. All yeah. right. Mark Cooper, executive chef with Cooper's <clears throat> Seafood House. You can visit him and Cooper's Seafood House. They're located at 701 North Washington Avenue. We're headed towards a break before we go. I have some more profile of the home buyers in 2020, the characteristics of the homebuyers last year. 62% of recent Buyers were married couples, 19% were single females, 9% were single males. Once again, where the females beat the males. And, when,
1: and what is that? That's not 100%. Well, that's like... That's and like uh, yeah. That's and percent like What are they? And
0: 9% were unmarried.
1: Oh, okay.
0: 12% of home buyers purchased a multi-generational home, the same as in 2019, and that's to ca- that was to take care of aging parents because children over the age of 18 are moving back home as well, and for cost savings.
1: I thought you said car savings. I was going to say, yeah. And <laughs> car savings. Yeah. No
0: more cars. Yes, bigger
1: garage. That's what we need, <laughs> the bigger garage.
0: Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21, Jack Ready Real Estate on 94.3 FM, The Talker. We'll be right back.
1: Who are Century 21 agents? They're high-tech gizmo-packing problem-solvers with an appetite for getting things done. They know the best places to buy a home, to sell a home, and to find antiques, if you're into that kind of thing. They're weatherproof, foolproof, and proof positive that smart people doing good work can make big things happen for great folks like you. Oh, and there's one nearby. This is who they are. This is what they do. Century 21 agents. Smarter. Bolder. Faster. Each office is independently owned and operated.
0: Hi, this is Jackie Ruddy from Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate. Is real estate on your mind? It's on ours 24-7. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or in need of an appraisal, you have questions, we have answers.
1: Thinking of buying or selling a house and have questions? Tune in to the Real Estate Roundtable, hosted by locally owned and operated Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate on Saturday mornings at
0: 11 and Sunday mornings at 1130. Call 570-344-6724. Or visit jready.com. That's J-R-U-D-D-Y dot Welcome back to the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ruddy Real Estate on 94.3 FM The Talker. I'm Jackie Ruddy, Broker. And with Pat Devaney, my husband, fellow realtor.
1: And we're back with Mark Cooper from Cooper's Seafood. And people are saying, what does Cooper's Seafood have to do with real estate? Well... Doesn't everybody eat? <laughs> Doesn't everybody eat and spend most of their time in the kitchen right Jackie? Yes, yes.
0: Well, we do. We spend I don't cook in the kitchen, but I spend a lot of time eating in the kitchen.
1: Yes, you do and that's your workstation
0: there. That's my the little workstation even though I have an office on the second floor. It's just more convenient to be on the first floor where the action is in the kitchen. <laughs> so Mark Cooper is executive chef at Cooper's Seafood House in Scranton, 701 North Washington Avenue. Uh, You know, at the first half of the show, we talked about some white fish and pots and pans that we should be using or what you like to use, Mm -hmm. right? So, and I also mentioned some things that people are doing when they're updating their kitchen these days. And believe it or not, some of the trends uh, for some kitchen updates, and this is according to Howes, open plan loses favor. I saw that coming.
1: I did too. I like to close the By doors on 43% the 43% yeah. in
0: 2021. People are losing that open plan. Yeah. And I think a lot of people found that out during the pandemic. Trying to do Zoom calls. Trying to do Zoom right. calls. Right, Zoom calls
1: in one room over there, and they're cooking and screaming in the other room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And school and this, and they're buying dividers. But that doesn't do much to no. really no. deaden the sound, right? So... Uh, they found that one in five saw a kitchen, though, that opens to an outdoor space. And that makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, then I can invite people over during the pandemic and we can have outdoor dining, right? Uh, Is that right. What it's, uh, it's, for go. the next pandemic? Oh, sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's finish the show talking about Tuna. Swordfish, those types of fish. Raw
2: fish? Raw fish. Raw Raw fish. I stay away from raw fish. Uh, You uh, love it. Raw fish. And I do. I like it myself. I love raw tuna. Uh, The thing is, any of those fish, really to be safe, they should be frozen first. Good sashimi-grade tuna or any fish should be frozen first. And it's just a preventative measure to prevent just, in God forbid, there's any type of parasite in there, that you're not going to get it uh, is always a possibility, but uh, if any any uh, good reputable uh, seafood monger, if you will, would would sell you tuna or any of those fish for eating raw, it should be frozen first.
1: Well, that goes. See, I would think the other way. I'm um, when I would go to I go to Dumbo Seafood sometime. Up on Chestnut Street, and I look, and he's got a beautiful piece of tuna in the case. I would think, "Wow, I don't want one that was frozen."
2: Yeah, but well, I, I do I, I, now. I, I do. The same thing with me. And I've and I've eaten lots of the fresh stuff raw too. Uh, it just it's just one of those things. I took a class up in Boston uh, on the how they served and how they prepared from Connolly Seafood actually, and how they prepared stuff and sent it out for their uh, their clientele. They and they market fish from all over the world there. So. We had a good, uh, good introduction to all this stuff, That's, but it's just, it's just a tidbit on there. The heavier fish, the swordfish, swordfish. I, I was talking to you before swordfish. We try to buy it from us, a us fleet. They were us caught. The thing is the us fleet obeys the rules. We have the rules. You're only taking markers, which are bigger fish. They don't take the pups. Other countries do. Uh, you can buy this stuff a lot cheaper, but it's not, uh, it's not really kosher. If you will. Uh, at one point, the chefs were getting together, uh, this is some years ago, and banning, just taking swordfish off the menu. But unfortunately, if you did that, now we never did it because we only bought from our sustainable sources, our own fleet, from the U.S. fleet, the U.S. fleet obeys the rules. So if you got rid of the U.S. fleet, then you have no one left who's going to be obeying the rules. And the only swordfish on the market will then be swordfish from these other countries who don't obey the rules. So they are, you know... You have to look into everything. Right, you know?
1: unintended consequences. Right, right. You,
2: you really have no idea. Uh, any of those big fish, though, they're usually the ones that uh, live longer. They live down the bottom, swordfish, and mako, and all that. Uh, the longer living fish are going to have more more chances for a parasite. Well, not not so much chances for a parasite, but you could possibly have more chances of having any uh, residual like, chemicals or something in the fish. Uh, Which is why they tell you not to eat. You know, you're not getting a solid diet of it every single day. Not not a good thing to do anything like that. But uh, they're great fish. They're actually great-tasting fish. Uh, Mako shark is probably one of the great ones. I like Uh, that. Mako's a great fish. Uh, Sharks in general, though, were over-harvested, especially after uh, the movie Jaws came out. They were trying to eradicate them. Everybody was fishing for sharks. Uh, They really overfished them. Uh, They are a natural check and balance in the ocean. They do take care of a lot of the, the the bad stuff there's a whole story I'd get into about seals and that but with them but uh, uh, they're necessary they're really necessary shark meat also before you eat shark meat, you should soak it in a little bit of assiduated water a little bit of lemon water salt water uh it takes some of the uh, the strongness out of that fish out of out of makeup out of shark meat because shark shark meat pass it passes urea through the through their flesh actually uh so you want to soak that a little
1: bit beforehand. Okay. Well, that's a good
0: thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever purchased that to make No, go. no.
1: I've no. never cooked that in the house. I haven't had mako or shark. I can tell you when it was. It was the 1980s. It was, I worked in an auto parts store, and there was a Korean guy next door, and he would get fresh mako, and he'd cook it up. That was the last time I had it. Oh, wow. It's it was so really good. good Very yeah, good. we'd drink the mako, and then we'd have, you know. It yeah.
2: was, it was and good. Bluefish, another one. Bluefish. A lot of people don't like bluefish. I like fish. bluefish. It's a great fish. But the thing is, if you're cooking bluefish, you really need to deep skin it. Take that heavy meat, the heavy dark meat off the off the, the, the base of the skin. And the center is a really dark piece. You trim that out and it takes all that heavy flesh, all that heavy taste away from it. Uh, my favorite way to do bluefish is to put a little bit of soy, ginger, garlic, and white wine. Soak that. We're about... Ten to fifteen minutes, and take it off, pat it dry, and then I grill it. Grill it on a. Usually, you have to put a little bit of aluminum foil down on top of the grill so it doesn't right. uh, doesn't stick and fall through the grates. But it's such a it's such a tremendous fish done that way. It's so good.
0: Well, now I'm hungry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be going out to lunch.
0: <laughs> Mark Cooper, executive <laughs> chef, Cooper Seafood House. We really appreciate your time two weeks in a row. Uh, located at 701 North Washington Avenue, if you haven't been there. It is a delight and a treat for many. Uh, so much to do, walk around in its history.
2: We've got a museum there, pretty much. Uh, right. a lot of, And a lot of sights to see, yes. A lot of memorabilia from Scranton area.
0: So thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And the scam of the week this week, you got a call yesterday from?
1: About uh, our, our electric. Oh, the electric, yes. I got a call yesterday saying... You will have your electric turned off in 30 minutes. You have to call us. So I hit. it said hit one. I says, okay. Since I don't have an electric bill in my name, I said, let's find out what this is all about. So I hit one, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. And nobody ever answered, but the electric didn't go off. And I also got one about my computer. $299 was charged to my Microsoft account. And so I, talk, I wanted to talk to him. And then I I because I just like to waste that time. Of course. You know, and the guy was, he's, hello, my name is Bob. He was no more Bob than I'm Harry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I I engaged him for a few minutes and, and we ended up cursing at each other. So it was it was quite productive.
0: <laughs> did you feel good afterwards? Yeah, I did. All
1: right. <laughs> you know what I said to him? I said, Do you think I'm stupid? He goes, Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: Remember to tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 11 30 a.m. to the Real Estate Roundtable with Century 21 Jack Ready Real Estate and 94.3 FM The Talker.